Jess, Trey, Amy, Quinn, Ray, Leah, Maddie, Ray, Lily, Charlie, Faye, M, Bryce, Daniela, Elena, Marshall. Hey everyone, it's Ash and Liz, and you're talking with my puzzle pieces. Hey guys, so we're back. We did it. It was only a week. Yeah. You're proud of us. You should be very proud of us. It's a lot harder than it sounds. And we waited very patiently for the dogs to just lay the heck down. Because they weren't. Let no. me tell you. Even though we walked them several miles today and took them out in the backyard several times, they've still been, Yay. well, a lot. So hopefully they're settled now. Um, it is getting close to Jasper's dinner time though, so. so we're going to do our best here. See how it goes. So we have like a list of like things that we want to talk about at some point on podcasts and we looked through it today um and we picked one so we because we read some of them and we're like these are important but we don't feel like it so we're gonna talk <laughs> about something that's more fun that is true we decided this kind of how be, we decided it this could be a fun one and we didn't want something like super heavy tonight i don't think either of us felt like that was what we could deal we're with just not in a space for that today so we thought we would talk a little bit about the inside yay <laughs> hi I love the inside. So for people who don't know what we mean when we refer to the inside, what does that mean? It's a place in our head where we live. <laughs> yeah, more or less, yeah. So when we talk about the inside, it's sort of the inner world of somebody who has DID. So it's the 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 place where they live, essentially. So for most parts, when they are not out here experiencing this reality, they are inside experiencing their own inner reality. And I think it's important to recognize, like, it's not reality in the sense that this world that we're living in right now where you're listening to this podcast is like a mutually agreed upon reality. Um, but the inner world is still a reality. It's still their reality. It's still super important. It's real to us. It is, exactly. And the experiences you guys have there are just as real to you and affect you just as much as an experience you would have out here. Um, and so I think sometimes people underestimate the power of the inner world and how much it can be used for healing and how much it can be a place of conflict if you don't have a system that's communicating well um, or getting along well with each other. And so it's a really important thing to try to understand um, when you have a friend or someone you're working with who has DID, like, what is their inner world like? Because um, yeah, for some people, it's really positive, And for other people, it, it's not necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's not. And for some people, it it's minimal. Like, there mm -hmm. isn't really a cohesive inside that they're aware of. Mm -hmm. So, like, it, it varies for everybody. And so finding out for each person what that means. Because there's not, like, a universal way the inside exists. And not just for each person as in each body or... Um, but each person in a system can have a different experience mm -hmm. of what the inside is like. And because people have different relationships on the inside can have different experiences about whether the inside is safe or not. Um, so like I had a patient once who in their internal world, um, had a part that was misunderstood and was causing a lot of chaos and everybody was really afraid of that part. And it was causing a lot of struggle externally because parts were like hiding and not knowing what to do and we're getting um, injured internally, like their internal self was injured or at least emotionally wounded. Um, and it was really important for us to like address that and address what was going on. 
And I think sometimes people sort of assume like if you have parts, like you're all just going to get along because you're all part of the same person. And even for us, I would say we had a fairly functional system mm-hmm. that got along, but it took time. Like we did not all always get along and or even know about each other. Yeah. And we definitely did not always agree on how things should go. Mm-hmm. And if you, I mean, if you think about like a lot of the triggers or reasons like people develop DID, they don't always have the best models for relationships mm-hmm. and how to have a relationship. So sometimes you like, those are the skills you have and that translates to the inside and your ways of communicating are not healthy or effective. Mm -hmm. Well, or even just the ability to believe a relationship can be healthy or effective. Mm Because, like, if you are someone whose only purpose has ever been to be aggressive, to protect, you don't know any other way to protect. And so you might be aggressive to your own parts on the inside or you might not have the coping skills to be able to process things well on the inside. And so that all, like, the same types of things people struggle with on the outside can bleed into the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a client once who um, lit one of the other parts on fire on the inside. And um, I had to explain to that part that that probably wasn't very nice. Um, and she did agree with me. And then she said that that other part deserved it. And he's, she wasn't completely wrong. Um, and the inside should be a safe place where we don't light each other on fire. Yes. And we, we learn how to effectively manage, um, relationships and disagreements. But I mean, we've had, I mean, we've had people like be locked in rooms cause mm-hmm. that was easier and not in a, like trying to be mean, but in a like, Hey, this is how we're going to protect you is to like yeah. keep you separate from everybody or, mm-hmm. or different groups of people separate from other groups of people. Yeah. And We've had people who are, like, I don't know, meaner and saltier and mm-hmm. yell at people. And that was how they, like, were protecting people or got them to do things they needed them to do because that... Using fear because that was what they That was what modeled. they knew. Mm-hmm. And so it, it it can get complicated. It's like it can get complicated. Yeah. And so for me as a therapist, when I have someone who has DID or enough fragmentation that they talk about an inside or an inner world... Um, the first thing I like to do is just sort of understand what their experience of it is. Is it, is it a building? Is it nature? Is it something else? I've had people where their inside was an office building. I have had one person who was like a house with a lot of different rooms and then like a backyard. Um, I've had, we well, guys have a castle. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had a lot of nature um, from people. Um, one patient had like a, a cellar that people could get like locked in if they couldn't control themselves um, I've had people create their own like inpatient unit essentially on the inside where if somebody couldn't be safe to the body, if they came out, they would voluntarily go get locked in this room on the inside where they couldn't, um, they couldn't hurt themselves internally and they also couldn't hurt the body and come out and hurt the body. So there's a lot of different ways they might experience the inside. And I think that's a good place to start mm-hmm. is just like, what is your inside? And for people listening, like, if you aren't sure what your insight is or you don't feel like you have one, it doesn't mean you don't have DID. Um, sometimes it's just the way you experience it or the connections maybe aren't there or mm-hmm. it, that's not your role and it, things don't quite make sense. So I don't want to say, like, you have, like, most people have some kind of internal mm-hmm. system, but it's not, like, a sole requirement. Well, and sometimes the experience is more of, like, we go to sleep when we're in. And yeah. so, like, your inner your inside is you at rest. 
and maybe mm-hmm. you don't have a visual of what that is or maybe you don't have mm-hmm. like other experiences um and you potentially could if you feel like that would be helpful to you that could be mm-hmm. a thing that you like grow and develop um and that's one of the things i think that's been really cool for people is to understand that like the inside isn't fixed um it's a product of your mind and so therefore anything your mind can decide it should be um you can have it be and that doesn't mean like scary shit from your mind might not bust in sometimes and there might not be a horrible storm that you didn't plan for or whatever but i mean we've had storms we've had i think a fire once maybe like a horrible like earthquake thing yep um so like the, i mean it doesn't People got lost yep so the inside is it, it's just it's interesting it's it's very much a product of your own mind and what works for your mm-hmm. system yep and i think that's one of the really important things is like if it works for you that your inside is just you nothing like you just going into nothing and like resting i don't want to change that for you um if it's not working then the thing i work with people on is like how do we make there be safe spaces mm-hmm. in the inside how do we make there be a place for each person that they feel safe and like things can be how they would choose them to be. And so for some people that might mean more than one person shares a space because they feel safest together Mm -hmm. and they can agree on what that space would be like. A lot of other people like to have an amount of space, like a room or a part of a room or a part of a garden or something that is um, specifically theirs Mm -hmm. where they can say like, I can invite other people in, but this is mine because if you think about it, you're all living in one body. You're all sharing everything. For some people, it's nice to have a corner of your mind that's like, no, if I want the sky to be neon green and the grass to be pink and I want to ride an elephant with rhinestones on its forehead, then damn it, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and you can't come in unless I invite you to ride my elephant. And so well, if you think about it, like it, it's like real life, like you, right, like you have usually have your own space or your own room that you can Mm -hmm. go to when you need that like solitude. And even when you're like in a significant relationship, a lot of times it's like, I love you so much. And yes, I need you to leave me alone. I need a minute. That's just me. And it's nice to have a place internally, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to do that. And especially for parts who are out less Mm -hmm. or like, who don't match the body. Like if I have a little person out, like it's good for them to come out and do things out here. But like my bedroom isn't my adult bedroom that like people in my life see is not going to look like how they would want it. So they could go into our bedroom and our, like our actual physical bedroom in this world Mm -hmm. and feel safe, but it's not the same as a room that like they would choose as reflect them. Yeah. As like a six year old. Yeah. Or a exactly. teenager. Well, and they can do activities then in that space that yeah. maybe wouldn't be appropriate. Like if you really want to play dolls because you're little, you can do that on the inside and there's not someone to be Whenever. like, what are you doing? Whereas like if you're little and the body's at work, like you can't play dolls. Yeah. <laughs> that's not, unless you have a job that involves that. But for most of us. That's not a reality. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not, unfortunately, not that you should in your job, like just have a little person come out and start doing things because that's not usually professionally appropriate and depending on your supports in life you might not have a place where you can safely Mm -hmm. do that without fear of like being found out or judged judged. 
Um, and so it's nice to have a space that's yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where like, if you are struggling with something on the outside, you, that you maybe like can't fall apart right now on the outside because work or whatever, like to be able to let someone go in and, and struggle a little bit on the inside and get some of that internal support because sometimes there isn't someone to support you externally in the moment or maybe even at all. And so that can be another really big benefit of the inside. Mm-hmm. Trying to think what else we want to say about the inside, just like kind of generally. Do you have other thoughts? Well, and I think- I'll say I'm jealous. I want an inside that I can go to where I can have a, I don't know, a flying unicorn or whatever. I'm not gonna lie, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool. It's not fair. I mean, I mean, I feel like what I went through wasn't fair. So like, <laughs> like you earned it. Is that yeah, what like that's, that's like reasonable. Give me this, you know. Yeah. All right, all right, I, that's true. Um, I think that it's just it's one of those things that people don't necessarily understand, and that people can be like afraid of or confused by. And, and it's so cool, you guys. And if. When you're describing your inside or you're talking about it with someone, don't feel, like, intimidated because you, like, you can't, like, prove it, right? Like, people yeah. want to, like, I don't know. Yeah, we can't quantify it. and Right, like, I can describe it to it. you and I can tell you what's happening there, but I think people worry about, like, oh, well, that's all bullshit and it's just made up and, like, you're just saying that. And, like, I guess I could be, but, like, to me, that is a real experience. Like, the things that happen in there are very real, like... The things I experience and the interactions I have with people on the inside are just as real as if I was talking with a real person out here. So I read this thing once, um, and I don't remember who said it, but it was really interesting. It was this article I was reading about, like, hallucinations and schizophrenia, and um, I don't know. Anyway, it was talking about how, what a hallucination is, and essentially it's your body interpreting input in a certain way, and saying that, like, what we perceive as reality out here in this world is an agreed upon hallucination, meaning we're all agreeing that blue is blue. We're all agreeing that a tree grows a certain way. Like these are all things that we're experiencing and just choosing to name them and agree them on them and call them reality. Even though what I look at and say is blue might not actually look the same as what Ash looks like and says is blue. We just both know what blue is supposed to look like because someone pointed at something and said that's blue. Um, And so if you use that definition of reality, then our inner world is just as real as the outer world. And I don't know, I could go all, I could, I could fall down a rabbit hole here about reality versus not reality versus how uptight we are in our world and want everything to be really easily explained, but I won't. I'll stop. You'll stop now. I'll stop now. I'll be good. But yeah, so I... The inside is very real, and so when and when you're supporting someone and listening to it, like, just don't, like... Don't mock it or poo-poo it. Rule it out or, like, it, it's their experience, and you can't judge that or say it's not real because it's real to them. And I think as a therapist, it's a really good tool. Mm-hmm. Um, to help them learn to use for themselves with coping, with communication, with practicing relationship skills, with learning how to be vulnerable. I had this one client 
who used to get so cranky at me about the V word because he didn't want to be vulnerable and it was hard and it was scary. And he liked instead to, to try to like get his way by being an asshole. Um, and if you ever listen to this, I love you very much and you know who you are, but, um, it just was. And like, he and I had some, some conversations that I think involved a few swear words and we got there to the point where he learned how to be vulnerable because he loved the other people in his system so much that he realized that the only way to really like lead and help them heal was for him to do it by example, which meant he had to be vulnerable. And if he hadn't had that experience on the inside to have those like safe, experiences with the other parts and to mess it up real bad and get forgiven and keep moving forward. I don't think he would have gotten where he got it. Certainly not as quickly um, as he did. So it can really be a support and a tool for growth. If you approach it that way, if you see it as positive and Mm -hmm. beneficial instead of weird. Well, and for, I think for a lot of people, the inside and not, not always, but is safer than the Mm -hmm. real world. It's more predictable. It's, you know, what's there, you know, who is there more or less. Like, especially when you're like all learning each other and growing, like figuring each other out and I don't know, being able to develop those relationships. Mm -hmm. Like it's just the things that I could like talk about or do on the inside. Like I would be more comfortable doing it there with the people in my system than somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Because that's what's comfortable. Like, those are the people I know and trust. And those are the people who are going to be with me no matter what. Well, and you also know they've had some of the same experiences, right? So they're not going to, like, laugh at you when you try to talk about what it's like to be out. Or they're not going to judge you for a struggle. Like, I mean, some systems aren't as kind. And and that's a thing. Like, I've definitely had parts that were really mean to each other that I've worked with. And so then that's the thing you have to work on. But for a lot of systems, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Something about the support. That I don't know. There's just things you can talk about internally yeah. with people that people who are external just aren't going to get in the same way. Well, and it might be that you're not in a place where you're ready to tell someone externally like what your trauma is, but you just had a flashback. And so being able to go in and talk to someone on the inside who already knows what happened yeah. and not have to like explain that or go through like the looks of pity or whatever you're worried about, but know that you can start processing it there and you should still process some of those people out here. Sorry. Yes. But and knowing that you have a starting place that mm-hmm. feels safe for you is a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's a really big deal. And for us has been a really important thing to have. Like as people have decided, like, do I want people to get to know me? Do I want to share who I am? Do Mm -hmm. I want to start being vulnerable and taking those steps? And I think too, like, and we're at some point going to talk more about like coping plans and stuff, but I think don't discount the inside when you're working on coping plans for yourself or a client, because it can be a huge piece of learning to stay safe and support each other and have a safe place for yourself mm-hmm. and all of those things. And the inside's just cool, you guys. I know. It's so cool. It's so just different and fun and free and so much room to be creative and because there's no there's no rules. Like the rules aren't the same as out here where like Yeah, like the how the real world works. It's not how how the inside works. You can like literally think something into existence, you guys. It's so cool. 
and that some people tend to be like better at it. Like there's some people that like some parts where it just seems like they're more able to create internally. Like that's just more their thing. Um, but I, I do think all people, all parts I've met have had the ability to like have some impact on their environment mm-hmm. internally. And that's, it's so cool. Um, so here's my thought. What if we talk a little bit about, so when I met you and you guys first introduced me to your inner world, it was very, very different. Much um, smaller. Yeah. Well, and so actually, I guess it wasn't, it wasn't, right? Yeah. It, there were a lot of things that existed that you guys had lost communication with as like coping mechanisms mm-hmm. and to separate people and things. But the inner world that I was described by the people I met first um, was very different. It was smaller. It was less safe. Um it had some some scary elements to it. There was less detail. Well, we had um, the black. Yeah, at that point, that's what we called it—the black. Yes, we didn't know. What well, it so was. let's start with what what was aside from the black. Like, what, if, let's say we went in right now to that place. What would we see? What would it have been like? Like when I when we first like when I first met you. Yep, like the day that Amy begged me not to send her back to the white. So we kind of had our own spaces and like rooms ish. But everything was kind of shrouded in this, like, white, misty. Almost like a foggy mist. Like a foggy kind of mist. So you couldn't see. Where everything was just kind of, like, faded. So everything you interacted with was kind of, like, like, we kind of had rooms. But everything in them was a little, like, faded and not, didn't feel as real. And everything was very foggy. So, like, you could talk to someone on the inside, but... You didn't know exactly, like, where they were, and you couldn't really see them. And, like, contact was harder, right? Like, you couldn't really touch each other the same? No, we couldn't, like... Like, hold each other. Like, really be near each other. Like, you could hear someone and feel that they were, like, close to you. Um, And, like, you could kind of feel yourself moving closer to someone, but it was, like... It was much scarier to, like, step out of, like, what you knew as your space. Well, very mysterious. Yes, it was. Well, and not, and it was scary not only because you didn't, like, know what was out there because you couldn't see it, but then there was the black, mm-hmm. um, and that was, like, the purpose of the black was to keep people and things where the system thought they needed to be at that time. Yeah, and, I mean, the goal was to keep us somewhat separated because we weren't in a place where we were ready to, sh- like, share who we were or for everyone to know and mm-hmm. to share with the supports in our life, so it, it was scary to think, like, we were going to let people out and... People have more contact with each other and what would they discover and what would that be like? So there was like, we were just, we knew people were there, but it was, and like the core people kind of knew each other, but there was much more separation. So that was like, in the beginning, there was the, like, the beginning for me, not Mm -hmm. for you. Um, But it was like, there were a few people, like I was initially introduced to just a handful of people and Mm -hmm. told they were like the only ones. And the Leah, who Leah's person, like Leah, who was Ash then, mm-hmm. and I explained this all, but she didn't know the others existed, right? So that was part of the function of the separation was to keep Leah away from everyone else. Yeah, because she just like dissociated and kind of like fell asleep almost. It or would be like, sort of backgroundy a little. It would be like kind of there, but she knew she wasn't fully present and that she wasn't, she couldn't really, like, she knew she was going through the motions, but she couldn't retain what she was doing or feel in control of it at all yeah and so it was when she went in it was very like white misty it was like half in half out Mm -hmm. white misty dissociated mess 
And so, and then as we got to know a few people, like those people knew some things that had happened to the system, but as, as the inside expanded and the walls came down, more and more of the abuses that had happened started to be told because different people who we hadn't even all known existed would step forward Mm -hmm. and then gradually that would be shared. And even sometimes people had forgotten things that had happened to them. Yeah. And so those separations in the beginning served a really important function for you guys Mm -hmm. to keep going. Well, we couldn't, if we had remembered and had everything come back all at once, I don't know how we would have functioned. You would have been impatient for sure. Well, and I don't even know like how we would have processed it all and like moved forward. Like I, I think we would have just been so immobilized well, and by it all. Like honestly, for me, I don't know how I could have processed all of that in one go because it was awful and then awful and then awful. So all at once would have been really hard. And so I, I guess I would say if you're working with somebody who it feels like there are those partitions internally, like they feel it or you're wondering about it as their mm-hmm. therapist don't force them down. Let them be curious about those walls. Let them explore. Let them grow into maybe them dissolving or moving through them. But too much forcing might flood the system with things they're not ready for yet. Mm -hmm. And, And it's okay to trust. And it's interesting because a lot of times there's, there is a part that has some control over information flow. And then in other systems, I don't know if there was actually a set part or if it was just like like this weird underlying consciousness that didn't have a name or whatever, but that still sort of regulated and kept things somewhat together. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like an illustration of that, like some weird meta consciousness or something. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just tend to trust the system, whatever that means that if it feels like it's ready to expand and to learn more about itself, then it is. And if it isn't, then that's okay. Now, if someone got stuck and was never willing to explore or grow, then that would be something that maybe they need a little kick. But but don't rush it. It the inside, there's plenty of time. Yeah. To figure it all out. So that was the beginning, was white mist. Mm-hmm. And then describe the black. So <laughs> I don't even know. It was kind of this like kind of misty, but kind of branchy like thorny stuff. And if you would kind of stray from your spot, it would get like thicker. And it was like, you couldn't, and it felt very scary. Like the feeling you got was this like kind of ominous, like I shouldn't go there. And so you'd like take a step back into your space. And it would be like, if you were getting too close to a memory that wasn't ready Mm -hmm. or too close to another person that it just wasn't like the time, like it was kind of like, got to keep it a little separate and contained right now. What I picture when they talk about the black is um, Sleeping Beauty when like the thorn forest came up. Yeah, it was a lot it's like sort of like that. a misty version of that, which honestly I'd run, like, I'm not, I'm not climbing through that shit. No, thank yeah. you. It would be very effective. Well, and the feeling it gave off yeah. was this like very intense, like it wanted you to be afraid and, mm-hmm. and you were. <laughs> And so then ultimately we discovered that the black was a person and her name was Chris and she wasn't a super complete, well-rounded person. She was a very, she was more of a role. Mm-hmm. When it was, she's kind of a she, but not really. Chris was a very like, just kind nebulous, of nebulous, I guess. Yeah. Neutral, like they maybe more would be a better yeah. pronoun for them. Um, but actually a lovely creature. Like everyone was so afraid of Chris. And the first time I met them, I, I, I was like, bring them out and everyone thought I was crazy but but they were great and they they were 
protecting the system by putting mm-hmm. up these walls and oh, Chris genuinely believed that that was the best way to do it and at I'm bleeding y'all on my couch I don't see any blood on your couch well, don't put your arm back down okay um she's got like a <laughs> and it looks like she scratched off a bug bite or something but it's it's bleeding right. what are you gonna do bleed Chris genuinely like and and the thing is it worked it was well it was what you guys needed it was what we needed for a long time and so yeah that was that was how we started yeah that was the inside in the first like experience of us poking around in that brain of yours Mm -hmm. and so I would say like the inside it didn't really seem like we had an inside initially because that's Mm -hmm. how it was structured well and I think there were a few people that knew there was more like I think Jess knew at least about a few other people Mm -hmm. um that she didn't tell me about in the beginning she's a liar pants um because you are liar pants and then um there were other parts that like quinn or m big m that like knew more about what was going on but weren't known at that time Mm -hmm. um so it it was like levels it was like like need to know kind of situation going on that slowly expanded Mm -hmm. and like as it made sense the, the inside became bigger and the mist sort of faded and things that had actually been there since you were children came back into view. Yeah. And you were able to access that part of your inside again. Yeah. It became a lot more developed mm-hmm. than it used to be. It was like, I don't know. It was like everything was like shrouded and then it lifted. And yeah. you could see all of the things that had been there the whole time that we just didn't know about. So I think, I think this is maybe like a fairly natural stopping place for us to say like, so this was the beginning of the journey for you guys, or the beginning of the second journey, because all, a lot of what we're going to describe in the next episode existed for you in the past, but part of you guys coping involves separating from it and mm-hmm. having more isolation. So well, I think having that distance, having that, the things that happened, we weren't ready to process. Mm-hmm. And so things kind of had to get, like revert back a little mm-hmm. before they would come back out. Well, and I think some people needed each other, but I think everybody knowing everybody would have been destabilizing because there were so many feelings and it would have been really flooding. Yeah, and I, I don't think we had the skills yet to all relate to each other either in a mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Or the external supports. Yeah. Um, I don't think – I think your system knew when there was enough support to start letting some of those walls down. Mm-hmm. I think we can know, talk about that journey a little bit. Yes, you. You're so wonderful I and magical. Oh, I, I did it. But yeah, I think next time we could talk about that journey a little bit, like a little bit how it started, mm-hmm. like what the inside kind of started as, and then kind of how we got back to where it was and what we changed when we went back mm-hmm. to the start. Yeah. Um, but I if think we get into that now, I think we're going to talk it'll way be too long. long. Yeah, I agree. And how like there were some things you rediscovered mm-hmm. as the the mist cleared. Yes. And also things that you guys made conscious choices to add yeah. or change because they fit who you guys are now versus yeah. who you were when, say, the castle was created. Yes. A lot of things have changed since that time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is maybe where we, we say – would love to hear from you. If you have questions, we can definitely handle yeah, them next any time. Yeah, questions about the inside or what it's like or how does it work or just anything mm-hmm. that comes up. Like, we're, we're I, for real, we're willing to answer anything. We like 
hearing from people. We like knowing it's so exciting their questions. Seriously, I get sweet, so giddy. We're like, oh, we got an email. We like read it like two or three times. Yeah. Um. So it, it is. It's just nice to hear from people and to feel like we can answer your questions. Mm-hmm. And we'll only say your name if you give us permission. Otherwise yes. We'll just say somebody. Yes. Um, so if you want to hear your name and a little shout out. Just put a little like you can at the beginning or the end, just like, and you can mention my name. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you'll just have to know it's you when we talk about you. Yeah, which is less fun, but still cool. Yeah, but I mean, if you if you send an email, you're just cool. So. Yeah, you're way cooler than everyone who doesn't send an email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I have never once emailed anybody <laughs> whose podcast I listen to, even though I, I did have once listen to I regularly. Who was that? Um, I emailed um morbid once. But I, morbid but i don't i don't hear back and i thought like ash ash you know? yeah that's hurtful no. you guys i just want you to know but we would love to, to we'd talk totally with you. still collaborate with you but first we'll yeah. tell you you're hurtful yeah and like we'll you hurt on. my heart but i still really love you it's true and i still think you're fabulous also sinister hood we'd be friends with you oh yeah good friends I think. yeah you guys are funny you guys are so funny so anyway heather <laughs> so send us <laughs> email that's my impression of heather and not in a mean way i think heather is delightful i love her so much thank you guys if you've never listened this is just a small plug for them if you've never listened to sinisterhood in episode one they describe well it's not actually episode one i think they start with 13 to be like oh right creepy, yeah. but their first their episode. first like recorded episode that they released is so funny i laughed so hard i almost peed myself um they literally talk about shitting their pants and it like, their very, very first time openly. meeting them. It's amazing. I love the, the genuineness and honesty. Yes. So, there you so. go. That's our little mini plug for them. But yep. Anyway. All right. We'll stop babbling, I think. Maybe. Have you missed our babbling? You haven't you gotten have. much babbling You've missed it. in a while. You have. Don't lie. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. We'll stop. So, All right. say the things. Right, the things. I don't know if I did this last podcast. I don't think you did. I think you forgot. Well, it was weird. We were coming back. I wasn't super prepared. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but but no, that's your job. It's not my job. I don't do the things. Yes. So you can email us at mypuzzlepiecespodcast at gmail.com, and it's in the show notes. Um, so please reach out. We would love to hear from you. And um, you're always welcome to donate. There should be a little button that you can do that oh, now, yeah. I believe. I think so. I um, and if you ever have any questions, just let us know. And, like, tell your friends because we're fun. Yeah, we're awesome. Bye, guys. Bye.